0: Welcome to episode 171 of the Sources Say Podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR Podcast Network. The Sources Say Podcast is brought to you by our good friends at Justice Dental visit one of their two Lexington locations by scheduling an appointment online or by calling 859-543-0700. Exciting news to announce today for our listeners. listeners, They are offering 20% off any whitening treatment to all Sources Say podcast listeners during our coverage this postseason. Go to justicedental.com slash sources say to book your appointment today, or you can click the link in our show notes. I am your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only sean smith of go big blue country sean how the heck are you
1: i'm fantastic now that my watch is telling me my heart rate's not above (laughs) 150 had a really really good experience this morning we have nobody here to watch this show and i'm just going to chalk it up to the experience that i just had traffic is horrible in downtown indianapolis and i just had probably my worst experience ever in an uber (laughs) i don't think anyone could have a worse experience in an uber than i just had
0: he uh uh He books an Uber from his Airbnb to the hotel, which is right across the street. I mean, literally, like... 35 steps across from the entrance of the arena so very convenient location for me who's staying in this hotel so i was like okay cool let's uh host our uh kentucky versus saint peter's preview show uh right here in the lobby and uh we got this thing ready to go at noon we were like this is gonna be a good start got people uh ready to go into that first session of games people poke their head in and say what's up to us uh and then uh uber happened and st patrick's day parades happened and uh
1: guy kept going the wrong way i kept telling him hey we gotta go that way nope he kept taking us so I, I said hey we're a half mile let's just walk no let's not walk that's too far next thing you know it's a mile and a half and i said we walking now so we did walk and i made it well i told you noon i got here at 12:45, but you guess what the podcast goes on. Kentucky's in the NCAA tournament. You cannot steal my joy today.
0: Uh, uh, w- assuming that we have at least a couple more uh, shows to do this weekend anyway, so it doesn't really matter because we'll have other opportunities for it. But we uh, are definitely excited. We just got back from Tampa. It feels like I didn't even get to unpack my suitcase. I actually. brought your
1: bags in with me. Yeah,
0: that's, literally. that's the other
1: part. I brought your clothes half a mile down the road from an uber
0: yeah because uh leaving tampa i or get getting to tampa i was seven pounds over on my suitcase and had to pay a hundred dollar fine uh because i was uh, just well, just a hair over so i had to unpack and uh, give him some some old clothes but i walked off your
1: seven pounds so you're good <laughs>
0: We are here uh, at the Hyatt Place right across the street from, what's it, Gaines Bridge?
1: Gainbridge Fieldhouse. Gainbridge
0: Fieldhouse. I I know it is Banker's Life Fieldhouse, but now it's Bridge Fieldhouse where Kentucky is preparing to take on the St. Peter's Peacocks, Sean. It is the opening round of the NCAA tournament, Sean. It's my favorite day of the year. It's when uh, it's... All or nothing. Your season ends. It's it's winter go home. It is the most exciting time of year. And Kentucky uh, has its first winter go home uh, scenario this evening when they take on the St. Peter's Peacocks at seven ten p.m. Uh, let's just get rolling. What? Yeah, it's a uh, um, St. Peter's is. Not the most spectacular team watching uh, film, going over the numbers, going over the statistics. And, Sean, before I, I wanted what you know about St. Peter's right now, and then I will give you my personal experience with St. Peter's after watching uh, uh, what they call an open practice, but what I like to call uh, an a funeral of sorts for them because it, it was not a good scene for the St. Peter's Peacocks, Sean.
1: Yeah, you, you told me last night at dinner that, you would be shocked if Kentucky didn't win this game by a lot. And I keep coming back and telling you that I'm going to be sitting there at the under-12 timeout, and it's going to be a tie game. So I didn't get to see them in person. I know that their offensive offensive efficiency, they struggle to score. I know defensive efficiency going into the tournament, I think they were number 36, I believe, in Ken Palm. I'm trying to look and see the last update where they are. Okay, so 35th defensive efficiency, 260th in offensive efficiency, this just feels like a game, though, where, where Kentucky's defense should really set the tone and hold this team. If, if this team scores 70-plus tonight, I will be concerned tomorrow morning when we wake up and we talk about Kentucky's next game. This needs to be a game where Kentucky holds them to, like, 50, 52, a low-scoring game, and Kentucky needs to find a way to be efficient on offense. To me, it's the perfect opponent. If that defensive efficiency number is accurate, it's the perfect opponent for Kentucky to get some momentum, and kind of get going here against a team that's not horrible on the defensive end. I just want to know, though, is that a number? Is that a number that is thirty fifth, thirty sixth in the country in Kim due to who they play on their schedule? Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you, Sean, unequivocally, absolutely, yes. So let me tell you, uh, our listeners, a quick story. So. Yesterday was the open practice opportunities for all of the teams in attendance here in Indianapolis. It was awesome. Day started. It was Michigan and uh, you know Longwood, some of the other teams that are participating. Tennessee, Tennessee uh, showed up. Uh, their their shoot around was very very weird. It was basically forty minutes of them just shooting. Shots in a in an empty gym. There was really there were no fans there to see them. They didn't run any drills. They, it was it was like I was like, is
1: not that what a shoot around is? Well, but, but no, but it was. <laughs> I they know they, they, they
0: chalked it up as an actual open practice, but there was no practice. They literally just it was like they walked into a, a gym and started getting shots up, and no fans were there. No no Tennessee fans were in attendance. It was a very bizarre scene for them. So that kind of set the tone early, and I was like, okay, this is kind of different. Kentucky shows up, Sean, and I'll get on, get to this in a second. You know, ran drills, did their full-court stuff, did some, uh, you know, mock three-on-four, four-on-three type offense-defense stuff. Uh, You you know, it was a a shortened version of a normal Kentucky basketball practice, and the mood was high. It was, uh, you know, you could tell that Kentucky was ready to go. Then Murray State comes in, Sean, and they were... Phenomenal. Yep. They had high energy, running up and down the floor like their butts were on fire. Uh, it, that part was very impressive. So I was like, okay, we're we're starting to get some momentum here. You know, Murray, you know, Kentucky kind of set the tone a little bit with with a good practice, and Murray State shows up, and admittedly, uh, I thought they looked pretty pretty solid in their open practice, and then Sean in comes Saint Peter's, and. It, it, it thought it, – I, I described it to you as what, what's the team that uh, played IMG in football, the made-up uh, prep school? Uh, um, Bishop Gorman? Yeah. No, 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 no. Uh, um, whatever the, the name of it called uh, – something like that.
1: Something sy- – Sycamore, right? Was Bishop it? Sycamore? Yeah, or something what, like that. What,
0: whatever it is. It felt like that team. It was like how did they walk into this gym <laughs> as an NCAA tournament team? They're all small. All very thin, very unathletic, like uh, not overly skilled, just very. I mean, they walked onto the floor, and I was like, they don't look, it looks like they made a wrong turn. It doesn't look like they are supposed to be here. And then the practice begins, and Sean, it's even worse. They are missing layups, they're missing dunks They are literally Walking up and down the floor like they could Not care any less about Being there. I I genuinely thought that It felt like they were showing up to their own funeral And, and I, I don't want to like you know, maybe it was just they did. It, they were playing their poker face. Maybe that they just wanted to show Kentucky fans in attendance that oh, let's kind of give off this vibe that uh, like we're not we're disinterested and all this, and then they're going to come out playing with their butts on fire tonight. But from my per- personal experience, my firsthand experience, they could not have been more disinterested in being there in attendance, and that is not a good sign for a team that a. Is already kind of bad as is on the surface level. coming in 19 and 11, barely won the Mac, and their <laughs> schedule is horrendous. All of their games against actual high major competition, they got blown out. It is setting up, Sean, I think, for uh, what could be a very big feel good win. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe the vibe was. Just not, you know, they weren't feeling themselves. Maybe they had a different real practice earlier in the day, and they just felt like that was just a random walkthrough well, opportunity, but not a good start yeah, for the Peacocks.
1: I'm assuming that's not their only practice of the day, like yesterday. That wasn't Kentucky's only practice, no way. But you, you told me this last night at dinner, and I'm sitting there with you, and I just uh, kept going back and forth. I'm like, well, they're they're a conference tournament winner, uh, but then you look, and, and that conference tournament, that's that's Iona, right? I'm pretty yeah. sure. And then you saw Iona go to Florida last night, and then Florida ends up winning that game. So, I mean, it's it's not a really good conference. But I don't want to put the jinx on them. So, that's why I've been keep going. Like, it it wouldn't shock me if they come out and hit their first three or four threes, right? Like, that's what happens. We think someone's not any good, and then they come out and they drill their first two or three shots. But, no, I I do feel like, from what I've seen and what I've watched and tape and and looking at this thing, that this is a game where Kentucky, if, if Kentucky ends up being Kentucky, they coast to a victory. If they don't, then I have a little bit of concerns about how focused they are going into this tournament. This needs to be a first-round game, a 2 versus a 15, where you do not let a team hang around the first half. You get to that under-8 timeout, and you've already got a 15, 16-point lead, and then you just hammer it home. And this that's what it needs to be tonight. This needs to be a confidence booster. Like I said, this is a St. Peter's team that struggles to put the ball in the basket. That means Kentucky should be locked in defensively. If Kentucky's giving up straight line drives and not looking good defensively, I'm concerned going into the next one.
0: I mean, Sean, this is a team that struggles to score game. I mean, they, they scored 69 points against uh, Quinnipiac. How do you pronounce that school? Quinnipiac? Uh,
1: uh,
0: Whatever it is. Back. Uh, 58 points against Siena. Uh, 60 points against St. Francis, Brooklyn. Um uh, did they
1: play Providence earlier in the year? They did
0: play Providence, and they scored 71 points in a loss. Against gave the up how Indians. many, though? 85.
1: 85. They're exactly what I'm saying. Like Lost
0: this. Uh, 70 points against St. John's, gave up 91, uh, scored just 54 against VCU, allowed 57, but still only scored. Uh, yeah. You just go down the list. It is well, all of – it's a bunch of stuff like that. Uh, 67 against Monmouth, 58 against Ryder, Uh, 65 against Canisius, um, 74 against Niagara. It's like that whole
1: saying, right? Like they always say in sports that the numbers are what what you are. Like whatever the numbers say, that's what you are. I don't think that's the case when you get into this, though. When you're talking about breaking down all of college basketball, there's a significant advantage when you're defending teams in that conference compared to defending teams in the SEC, especially when it comes to the NBA-level talent at the top of the league. That's why I'm thinking that defensive efficiency. If Kentucky struggles to get points tonight and this ends up in a game where they're at 66-67, I'm going to have some concerns about it. I want to see Kentucky break through, go for 80-plus in this game and then hold them to around 50. I want this to be a 25-30-point win tonight. I think that would be a good confidence booster going to the next round. There's some really good basketball to be played here today, though. There's some really good teams uh, here, are some and you know like that's the thing you're looking at. There's a couple of teams here in, in this uh, in this little pod that could be Final Four teams. Kentucky, Tennessee, like there's a lot of good basketball here to be played. That Murray State San Francisco game though, I'm so locked in on that tonight. When when I want to watch, obviously we're going to cover Kentucky, but I really want to sit down and watch that game too because uh, that, that's going to be a good one
0: yeah I uh, another thing to add Clarence Rupert who is the, really the only guy on their roster that had has some some substance to him some size he is 6'8", 245, uh, a freshman out of Philadelphia uh, Sean even during the open practice he goes off to the side with the trainers he goes oh, I can't I can't lift my arm above my my shoulder my, my arms my arms really sore my my shoulders really sore so he is the bruiser down low they also have a player Casey I believe is, is how you pronounce his name uh, He's actually very solid If you're looking for one positive takeaway Of of, uh, of the Peacocks He is very solid uh, He averages uh, 10.6 points per game 6.2 rebounds, 2.7 blocks And 1.3 steals Kind of an all-around uh, defensive guy But, Sean, he's 6'7", 195 pounds And he's starting at the 4-4 So, they have Solid talent for their conference, and not even like they're a middle of the pack. It, like it, it was one of those deals that they went on a run that in the conference tournament, they are a you know upper end kind of middle of the pack type type team in the MAC. And I just think when push comes to shove, there's just not a whole lot of of SEC level talent. I was talking to Brandon Ramsey, who does a lot of great you know film work stuff with ksr and we were watching the scrimmage together also or the open practice together also had very similar thoughts on the peacocks in in, uh, in, in a level of of uh, um, not being very impressed with the overall product itself but um that was one thing that he pointed out he was just like this this team just doesn't appear to have a lot of talent sean it was like a uh, these guys couldn't start at even their best players couldn't start at Georgia yeah. or, you know, some of the bottom, uh, Ole Miss, well, the bottom of the barrel teams in the SEC. It's just there's a clear di- uh, talent differential between these two programs.
1: And, and that's what it should be when you are when you have a two matched up with a 15. There yeah. should be a significant difference in talent. It's, it's just this time of year, the one thing that you can't have is you cannot come out flat. You can't come out – I mean, you can come out missing shots, but you can't come out flat and not have any energy especially on the defensive end of the floor. That's where Kentucky has to set the tone tonight. They've got to defend their tails off, even if they start out cold. I mean, it's the first game in the NCAA tournament. There's going to be some jitters. Kellen Grady, you don't want him to put too much pressure on himself. If he's open, you want him taking shots. Start on the defensive end. You don't let teams that are less talented than you hang around and gain confidence because that's a recipe for disaster. I have no idea about St. Peter's. Like, we don't we don't sit here and dissect every single game on their schedule. Right. But there are teams in this tournament that are seeded 14, 15, 14, 30. They're going to win games today. Like, there's a couple, like Vermont. Vermont's a team that I've got going to the Sweet 16. I do, too. I mean, UAB, a, a 12 seed there that I think could really cause some trouble. Very well,
0: very well coached, and Andy Kennedy. Exactly.
1: I actually picked him to win that first-round game. And there's some teams there seeded. But when you get into the 15s, to me, those upsets have more to do with you being a fraud as a two seed. Yeah. I don't think Kentucky's a fraud. I think Kentucky's going to be just fine in this game. You know Cal is coaching this tournament a lot. He knows what it takes. He knows that the town avoided the upset the first round. You know, Princeton that year, Kentucky, I believe, was a four seed. Princeton pushed them to the wire, and that team ended up going to the Final Four. This isn't Princeton today, though. Yes. That's the thing that I'm trying to say, yes. I don't want to sit here and go all in and say that they're a horrible team. They did win their conference tournament. But I'm not going to put the jinx on them, but this should be a game where Kentucky – goes well above that opening line of 15 and, and covers this thing and, and wins it going away.
0: Here's my thing. If they had come in and played like Murray State with a mindset – and, again, I, it was a stupid 40-minute open practice. I'm not going to make uh, this overarching, you know, big-picture takeaway from a 40-minute open practice. But if they had come in – Looking to make a statement the way Murray State did. Murray State came in and it was like, damn, they are clearly here. Those to, videos look
1: good, man. They are
0: clearly here to do something. I mean, they were loud, they were rambunctious, they were getting you know up defensively. Their coach was screaming and yelling. Like I mean, it was a real practice, and it was like, damn, Murray State's here to make some noise, and that's kind of it. Kind of had me going. ooh, Has me a little. Wishy-washy about that Saturday matchup So I was kind of thinking, alright, well If they do that, then 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 St. Mary's Has to, you know, underdog Chip yeah. on, because they talked to the media Right before, and they said all the right things They said, yeah, we're coming in with a chip on our shoulder uh, You know, all those the, Saying the right things, but then Their actions spoke so much louder than their words, Sean. They walk in the gym and it was just dead silent. They weren't talking. They weren't, you know, clapping, communicating with one another. Their coach wasn't going, "All right, let's let's make history, guys. It's time to make history." There was none of that stuff that made you think that they were confident that they were going. Part when there's such a talent gap between two teams, confidence and you know having the right mindset in a game is ninety nine percent of the battle and. That's all I was paying attention to in St. Peter's. Yeah, I mean they have some a uh, six a six man off the bench that can shoot the ball well, and you know a couple a couple highlight like I said that that um, K.C. kid that that starts with the four. He's very talented and, and thrived in in his conference for a reason. But I was very I, I was paying very close attention to the the. You know, mindset and the attention to detail and and excitement level and those sorts of things—they just didn't look like a group that was excited to be here, Sean. No. Like they took—they even took a, a picture mid-court, and not like they were barely smiling. They were just kind of like, "All right, we're here to just get our participation trophy and get the hell out of here." And it was just like, you would think that they would be so much more energized and, and but they were lethargic and just well, felt like I said it, it felt like they were showing up for their own funeral. And,
1: and when we talked about the Ken Palm efficiency numbers and stuff I go back and I like to look at the conference and I want to see how competitive it was and you know it, you have teams that beat up on one another it happens in the best leagues but when you look at this conference there okay there were four teams that finished above 500 with a conference record St. Peter's was one of them, at 14 and 6, right behind Iona, and then Siena was 12 and 8, and Monmouth was 11 and 9, and then it's 9 and 11, 9 and 11, eight and, 12, 8 and 12, 8 and 12, 8 and 12, 7 and 13, 7 and 13. So there was a lot of losing in that conference from the like after you get past the top four, even overall records. Only four teams finished with the winning record. The third place team finished 15 and 14. Like it's not a good league. It's not. And and I think that that's why you look at this and, and you see and, – and that's where when you turn on the tape and you see it, Kentucky has a significant size advantage. you know. And, and I think Kentucky needs to use that size in the backcourt and in the frontcourt and just play bully ball. Like this needs to be from the opening tip. You set the tone. You throw down a couple of lobs in that first four-minute segment and you say, we're Kentucky. You're St. Peter's. It's nice that you're here. No. It's, it's, this is a two-hour thing for you and you're going home. Do not let them hang around. Do not give them any confidence. You don't want to grind this thing out. You want to play well in front of these fans and build some momentum. Going into a game Saturday where you're going to face a couple of teams, whether it be uh, San Francisco or Murray State. Murray State's going to be coming in playing with fire and house money if it's them. No pressure. Pressure's on the U.K. San Francisco, a team that I still think a little bit overrated when you're talking about St. Mary's and you're talking about Gonzaga. I don't think that they belong in that grouping. Uh, but yeah, it's this is a game tonight where you want to get a lot of things going. We don't want to be sitting here tomorrow saying Kentucky's got to get this and this and this no, to work. Absolutely, we want to be sitting here tomorrow talking about what. Just go do your thing, and we're talking about a matchup with one of those two teams. With Kentucky having a lot of confidence going in to win it, but you build confidence tonight.
0: I, I mean. St. Peter's is known for being, okay, they're physical. They they like to grind things out. They're a, a, a tough-nosed defensive team. That's kind of the thing that Cal kept saying over and over again was like, yeah, they're well-coached and they, they uh, will never let off, let go of the rope and things like that. But, but Sean, that team yesterday that I saw did not look like a team that was ready to fight. And, it, and again, maybe it was just a bad showing. Maybe they hit reset last night. They had a good team dinner and, and said, all right, it, let's make history, today was a bad day, let's you know hit reset, whatever. It just did not appear, looking on the surface level, that that was a team that was going to compete tonight against Kentucky. It, it This could be, if you look at pure talent difference, you look at production difference, and you look at what we saw what? just in a mindset from yesterday, the both open practices, this could be a name-your-score game for Kentucky if they wanted it to be. And what? that's what I'm looking for. Why do you
1: think Vegas set the line where they put it?
0: What, what did it open? It opened As at, f- what, 15, at 15 and half? 15 and a half and I think it's spread to 17-and-a-half now.
1: That's what I was going to check. I believe. By the way, that Colorado State game, Colorado State's up 36-29 on Michigan. Doesn't shock me that's at a top all. 25 team that's a top-25 team in Colorado State. But uh, I'm looking to see if I can find the line. Uh, right now, Kentucky's an 18-point favorite. The over-under set at 131-and-a-half.
0: Ooh, I, I don't know about the over-under. I mean, that's – I don't think they're going to score many if points. If Kentucky, John. that's the thing. If Kentucky <laughs> I just defends, don't. I just don't.
1: This just needs to be a game where Kentucky comes out and cruises in a first round game. And and I know some of Kentucky's best teams have kind of struggled their way through the opening game. Yeah, and that's, that's true. fine. Like that's that, Cal, that, happens a lot of too. national champions. Like Cow will Cow will say it tonight, regardless of what the score is. If it's a twenty point win, it's it's a fifteen point win. Cal's going to come out and say just like he said against Vandy last week. The first game of any tournament is usually the toughest game because it's the one that gets you going. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, I don't, and I know regardless of opponent, like clearly whoever they play Saturday is going to be a better team than who they play tonight, but it's getting that first one out of the way. There's going to be some jitters. Another thing to take into account here, no NCAA tournament wins not, on this U.K. roster. Not a single like, win. And Keon Brooks is a junior and has never played in this. This is his first NCAA tournament. Same thing with, I mean, these guys across the board. There's a lot of first here. Expect some jitters, but also I expect them to be loose. They've had a good week of practice. Cal is talking with a lot of confidence. I take a lot from that when he keeps saying, "The guy, I'm telling you guys, they're ready. They're ready. That's putting a lot of confidence on this team and stuff. And it's a veteran group that knows that the end is drawing near, but where's the end? Is the end in Indy? Is it in Philly, or is it with the championship in New Orleans? It's up to them.
0: What I loved yesterday going into the open practice, Sean, is, A, at the media, at the press conference, Xavier Wheeler uh, and Kellen Grady and Oscar Shiboy, they were very confident. They were cracking jokes with with one another. Oscar said something about, yeah, we're going to set up a meeting uh, and talk about, you know, what we need to do and blah, blah, blah. And Xavier looked over at him and goes, you setting a meeting up with yourself? We're not setting up a meeting. Like just bantering back and forth, very clearly uh, loose, very loose. Just from a media perspective, Coach Cal comes up, same thing. He's cracking jokes, and um, somebody asked somebody asked him about um, you know what what would happen if if all three SEC teams that are top top seeds make it to the final four, and he goes. Buddy, I don't know about you, but I'm just trying to win this game first. Like, just little things that he was so clearly, you know, excited and and charismatic and and just very loose. And then the open practice started, and, Sean – Savry Wheeler comes out and he looks up in the crowd and he starts doing a, a Queen Elizabeth like, side wave looking at everybody, and, and like <laughs> Orlando Antigua's laughing at him, and Tata Washington's grittying it out, uh, out onto the floor. and like, it, you could just tell from the minute they walked out there, it was like, "Oh, this team's ready." This team is ready to go. The practice looked good. And for all the people that were curious, did Kentucky look shoot the ball better than they did in Tampa? They absolutely did. They shot fairly well. Um, it, it was kind of funny. Jacob Toppin was actually one of the best shooters from three in, in practice. He, he went on this hot streak. He made like five or six threes in a row from the top of the key. And he was uh, – as he was hitting him, Sean, he was going, "You can't guard me! You can't guard me! You can't guard me!" He was knocking them down one after the other, and it was like, "Damn! Like that's that's some swaggy stuff!" Like he's he's sitting there calling his shot before he's taking him. Ty Tai Washington's lifting for shots, and he's going, "Bucket, bucket." bucket like calling his makes before they even went in it was just like damn okay this team it, like they got some they're they loose. They're, they got some stuff working to them yeah. coach cow was loose in practice he was off to the side talking to some of the media members uh, national guys that were there in attendance he was going well. off and, and just kind of shooting the breeze with them it's a loose basketball team there's
1: there's a couple of things that i look for when you get to this point in the season and it's there's always pressure There's pressure on all 68 teams that enter this tournament. There's pressure on all 68 coaching staffs that enter this tournament because one loss and you're done. All these memories you're making with your teammates, coaching staff, everything, this current group will never be together again. We know that there's seniors that are going to go. There's guys that are going to leave. We know that. That's just the uh, normal attrition with Kentucky basketball. But I want to look and see how does the pressure make you go? Pressure busts pipes, and it makes diamonds. And to me – Kentucky's been very good under John Calipari at feeling that pressure in a positive way. Where other programs, one here, Tennessee, they're a good basketball team. It would not shock me if they get to New Orleans and have a chance to cut down the nets, but also would not shock me if they lose somewhere along the way before they get to an Elite Eight appearance. And that's where I think the pressure, the teams that feel the pressure in a positive way those are the ones that end up at the Final Four and a chance to cut down the Nets. The ones that fill it in a negative way are the ones that usually their shots are short, their shots are long. They're, they they fill it and it affects them in the game. Uh, kind of what you've been seeing, I think, with Duke in the last couple of weeks. The pressure of Kay's last game, I think the so pressure too. of the, the grind of thinking this is it for him. We will always be remembered as the team that didn't do it for him. There's pressure and there's good pressure, there's bad pressure. But I feel like Cal is really good at getting the right temperature when it comes to what his team's pressure is and I think this is a team that's going to play loose play together and uh, build some confidence tonight
0: in terms of individual players and and in kind of storylines narratives that we had following the SEC tournament and uh, what we saw the last couple weeks of the regular season where it was like okay Um, This team kind of lets off the gas late We're getting some struggles from from Kellen Grady, we're getting some struggles from Davion Mintz, who is it tonight Sean, that you are looking at individually As a guy that absolutely Needs to break through Tonight, not on Saturday against Murray State or anything, tonight Against uh, St. Peter's, who is that One player that you think Absolutely needs tonight for a Feel-good performance?
1: Kellen Grady 110% 110% it has to be Kellen Grady. From everything that – I mean, I wrote a story about him this week. I know a lot of people wrote stories about Kellen Grady and, and his conversation post-game in – well, he didn't speak in Tampa, but he, he spoke earlier in the week in the press conference. And then and obviously – And then he
0: talked selection Sunday afterwards. Yep. So right, you know, yep. shortly after the game, yeah. So
1: and, – and he didn't run from it. No excuses. That's a guy that's played a lot of basketball. He played 79 minutes in two games. And a lot of people can say, okay, is his legs tired? I know we kept bringing up he's playing a lot of minutes. Is What's that mean for the season and, and everything or the tournament run? But I think that that's a guy that just needs to start taking the shot when he has it. He is open. His three best shot attempts. I don't know if I said this on the podcast you this didn't, week or You but not, we talked about it individually. But his three best shot attempts in Tampa, the two that he made were catch and shoot, and the one that he missed against Tennessee rattled out was he was curling off a, off a down screen and just it's rattled out. a great out. shot, though. Yeah, those were his best three shots. It's the catching and moving right, and I know he hits on some moving left, but it's always in that corner. But I don't want to see any catching and moving. I want to see catch and fire because when he shoots it that way, it's going in. Same thing with Davion Mintz. Davion Mintz has to catch and shoot. I remember at South Carolina this year, I know you didn't make that trip with me, John Calipari took him out one time because he didn't shoot a three. And he put him back in and he buried two. Cal just wants him to shoot the ball. And I think there's a lot of times Kellen Grady has open shots and he's ended up kind of allowing the defense to close the gap because he's not taking it. And that's where I think he gets into a mode to where he doesn't know when he needs to shoot the ball and when he doesn't. When you're not getting action kind of being run for you, you kind of question yourself, is it it my turn to do this? He should not question anything. If he shoots 23s, I think 15 of them is going in. Shoot the ball. Because if he's going to shoot the ball, that's the only way you get out of a slump is you shoot the thing.
0: Do you think that his stint playing point guard ruined his – not ruined, but uh, messed up his rhythm in a sense of he then turned into playmaker initiator mode. I need to figure out how to create my own shot. And then he immediately goes back to – okay, and now I'm going to go stand in the corner and, and take well, take threes. And then he feels the need to, when he gets the ball in his hands, to put it on the floor because that's kind of what he grew accustomed to in that short stretch well, where he had to run point.
1: You know, he's been doing the whole putting on the floor thing all year. Yeah. Like, he's passed up a lot of shots.
0: A lot a of lot shots. A lot of
1: shots because of that dribble to the right. And, and I think it's just a guy that's so ingrained in doing what's best for the team and things, and it's about moving the basketball and doing what's right there. And I feel like, Jack, that, that – stretch just threw them as a team off their rhythm and they're just now kind of getting through it and, and they need to to get through it tonight and build that confidence going into Saturday and reestablishing that chemistry me and you had speculated back and forth I know I've said it on this podcast and on other platforms that I thought the injury bug there late in the year when when they're without one when they were just down Savir after LSU Ty Ty goes off in Georgia they looked really good at Vandy and then Ty Ty's out a game, and they come back and they beat Mississippi State in overtime. When they had one out, it was okay. But when you have two guys out, you change so much. Roles change a ton. I just think this team has had a, had a bit of a kind of a hurdle to get back in that rhythm and, and rebuild that chemistry and stuff that they've had. It's not going to be a problem, though. I think they're going to be just fine. You get down to the nitty-gritty of it. It's the end of the year. It's the NCAA tournament. You're forced to get things right. It speeds up the, the clock. Like, you've got to get it right. I, I think they're going to be fine. This is a veteran group. They'll be just fine.
0: Another thing to keep a very close eye on Ty-Ty Washington's mother is going to be in attendance. She uh, has been battling with some real significant health issues, and it's been something that uh, has, I think, has impacted Ty-Ty's play on the floor. I think that it's it's uh, kind of gotten in his head a little bit, and, and I think it's been very clear that that's been an issue. Um, and then uh, – Kyle Tucker wrote a phenomenal story on The Athletic where he kind of talked about how that has kind of impacted his play um, and that his mother has been basically working and rehabbing the last training, essentially the last several weeks, gearing up for this moment uh, so he could come back, so she could be here in attendance to see Ty-Ty play. Um, Some of the quotes were very, very disheartening. I mean, basically said that Ty-Ty would text her, Every game and say, hey, mom, are you going to be here to watch me play? And, and she'd go, son, you know, I, I'm very sorry, oh. but I can't physically make it. And as much as he wanted to say, oh, that's fine, mom, I'm good. They both parents said, yeah, we could kind of tell that it really hit him hard that he that they were that they were missing these games. And uh, I think that's something to keep a very close eye on because the last game that Ty Tai's mom was in attendance, Sean, was actually the Tennessee game at home where Ty-Ty exploded for a career high, I believe it was 28 yeah. points. So, mom's back in the stands. He needs a bounce-back game. It feels like things are kind of getting put together that we could, we could see Ty-Ty kind of start to find his rhythm again, uh, and I think it might be because mom is in the house.
1: Yeah, um, I'm with you 100%. And Here's my thought process on that. We don't know what these kids go through. None of us knew that story. Like, none of us knew that that, that and you know that's weighing on him. He's a kid. Yeah, I mean, Jack. I'm I'm 32 years old, and I, I mean I still there's times where I still need my mom, and I still want to know that everything's good to go and, and everything, and and it's just disruptive. And I think that that's a kid today. As soon as I saw that yesterday, I said, man, that kid's going off in Indy this weekend. Like everything's complete. Mom's here. She's battling to get here for him. You saw his dad tweet the pictures out last night. Like she wants to make it, and she was pushing herself to get to a lot of games. She was at Madison for it. Square, yeah. She was at Madison Square Garden for the Duke game. She went to South Bend for the Notre Dame game uh, at Rupp for that game where he had his career performance. I expect at some point this weekend, and I, I, don't, I don't even want it to be tonight. I want it to be in that second-round game. I expect a career day from him. I really do. Like, he, he's going to blow up at some point this weekend and, and go off. And he's, been, he's a guy that's been building that confidence. It's just about being efficient for him now. Get some of those mid-range jumpers to go that he missed against Vandy, and that's a thirty-four, thirty-five point effort instead of a twenty-five point effort, because he missed some shots he usually hits. Build some confidence, and uh, it's a really cool story, though. Great story about Tucker. You know, when it gets to March and those stories are, are in, there'll be another one going in. Uh, I know he's he's been sitting on a good one. He's just waiting for somebody to kind of break through, and I'm hopefully that guy breaks through tonight, and that story gets to go too.
0: Yeah, it's a. Uh Definitely excited to see Ty Ty. He's a guy that you just you you don't forget how to to play basketball. Like Ty Ty is a dude that is so so clearly talented as a three level scorer. I mean his his ability to to stop on a dime and knock down that fifteen foot mid range jump shot that pull up. In transition, it doesn't matter where he is. You know, he he's comfortable knocking it down from three. I think he is more efficient. It, it's kind of like Ty, Ty or Tyrese Maxey in my eyes, where he his numbers don't necessarily indicate he's as efficient for, of a three point shooter as he actually is. And I think that that's what happened to Tyrese Maxey in the NBA. He ended up being a very solid uh, three point shooter. I, I think that's that's just like Ty Ty. I think he's going to have a game where he's going to break through, he's going to explode in, in the scoring department. And, and uh, I think with mom in the house, I think it's going to be uh, a very, very likely scenario where where Indy is the place to make it happen. I agree. I, I want it to be that Murray State game. I think they're uh, – assuming it's Murray State, and we're going to talk about some of the potential uh, matchups there. But, um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that that would be a very cool moment for him individually uh, seeing yeah. seeing Mama back in the stands and putting on a show for her. It, it
1: will be. And yeah, we can't assume. We cannot assume second round opponents. I know Keeley's sitting over there beside you, and she's always reminded me of that Elite Eight game, Sweet 16 game in Kansas City. When I, she asked me, she's like, who would you rather play on Sunday? Auburn or North Carolina? Auburn. I said, Auburn. She's She was right that day. Kentucky would have beat Carolina and gone to the Final Four had they played Carolina. So I, I don't want to get into the whole assuming opponents because you can't assume anything when the calendar turns to March. How about this? Some more SEC coaching news. Ben Howland out at Mississippi State. So a lot of jobs open in the SEC. This league –
0: What's that? Five and Five? It's
1: yeah, five. Well, six, six now because you wow. had Florida, you got Georgia, you got Mississippi State, South Carolina, and who's the other one? There's one more. LSU. LSU. So they don't count. They are irrelevant. And here's the thing, though. You know who? You know what does that? You know why the? You know why you're seeing that at the bottom of the league? I mean, you fired a coach that was projected to finish twelfth in the league, and he finished seventh. He got fired because the top half of the league is so good. Yeah. You make your league better. It forces. Five through 14 to force. and Missouri's open too, so it is six. So you're talking about the league getting better. That's why you're seeing coaches get fired. You're getting a three- or four-year window now to make a change. If you don't, everybody wants to be Auburn. Everybody wants to be Tennessee. Rick Barnes what they're doing. Kentucky's still there at the top. But it's it's a battle now in the SEC, man. And John Calipari wanted this when he took this job. He wanted this league to get better, and I, I give him a ton of credit for the league being better.
0: I kind of look at that Mississippi State team and think Iverson Molinar, Molinar. would be a very solid get for Kentucky. Hey, although I am kind of curious, because I talked about with this with, with Brandon Ramsey last night, uh, his – Three-point shooting ability isn't All that great, and I think he's he's Very, very efficient in the mid-range and, and I think just in terms of pure numbers I mean, he'd clearly be able to put on a show at, at Kentucky, but I'm curious His fit alongside a guy like Xavier Wheeler If that would be the right Fit in the portal, but Sean knowing that that's a potential option now that Ben Howland is, is out at Mississippi State, those type of players are going to be available all, all over college basketball. We've, are, we've already seen a bunch of news about uh, about high-level players hitting the portal and, and wanting to explore their new options, and and I do think that Kentucky, uh, there's a lot of concern. who Who's going to replace Guy Clark, and what's going to happen? You know, Davion Mintz is leaving, Kellen Grady is gone, uh, Ty Ty Washington's almost certainly gone. You, you're going to have to find some bodies to replace him at the guard position. Uh, it wouldn't hurt to look first at Iverson-Molinar, but even if he's not the right well, fit, there's going to be so many guys that thing. hit the portal.
1: That's the thing, and, and this season has taught us one thing. I think it's that this is the way Kentucky basketball rosters should be constructed moving forward. You add the elite talent, and I think the elite talent is going to start showing up again. It showed up in this class that's coming in. Shaden Sharp's still here if he's here next year. That elite in talent, the talent on that roster is going to be greater but then you add in these elite transfers, too. That's the perfect blend to get to Final Fours and win national championships in 2022. It's it's just crazy. Like, the portal has ended up being a positive for Kentucky basketball. We knew it would be. It was the other side of how would it be for Kentucky football. It's paid off on that
0: end, too. I will say, while we are on the topic of coaching changes, I, I think it is only fair to discuss – uh, the big news that has happened in the Commonwealth, and that is Kenny Payne is going to be taking over as the next head coach at Louisville, and uh, Sean, that is a job that that was like the one guy that couldn't go to Louisville, and I think he's going to make a dent in Kentucky's recruiting efforts, and it may be sooner rather than later with the recruitment of DJ Wagner that was kind of seen as the one guy that could potentially mess up that recruitment and Kentucky's stance is the overwhelming favorite to land his services, so just kind of what do you think of, of KP getting that t- uh, that Louisville job? I believe he's going to be introduced Friday morning in a press conference. But um, it's it's all about crossing T's and dotting I's at this point. Yeah. He's a done deal to Louisville. You love it and you hate it. You, you yeah. love it because you love it for KP.
1: Like that's a guy that deserves to be a head coach and, and everything. And he's a – we all the time talking about John Calipari being a player's coach. Kenny Payne is a player's coach. You've heard a lot of these guys that go to the league – Rave about Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne was the right hire for that job. It was the right fit. And, and, I, and I'm, you know, you don't, we don't want to sit here and you don't want to see Louisville be good, obviously, if you're a Kentucky fan. Yeah. But at the same time, this is one time that the university got something right. They got it right. Like, that's the right guy. It's a guy that, that loves the state of Kentucky. He spent a lot of time in Lexington, 10 years, I believe. First four as an assistant, then the last half there as associate head coach. Man, it, it's going to change the rivalry, though. I just, I just want – I mean, obviously, the hate for Louisville is always going to be there. It's just – is the hate for KP there? Like, <laughs> when Chris Mack first got the job, I was like, God, this guy's so boring. I can't hate him. And then he just ended up being a total, you know what? Jerk face. Yeah, and then it became easy person. to hate him. <laughs> and be, hey,
0: KP won those games. So – KP going, is in we're, the. We're gonna find out now. We're gonna see how many games he can win. But, uh, I, and I will say, I think he is an incredible coach. I think he's a brilliant, brilliant guy. Um, there, I, I don't. I don't think there's a, a better person for that job. I absolutely uh, love KP, and and I am a little concerned about what's going to happen for. Uh, the DJ Wagner sweepstakes. I know that's well, that's a guy that Kentucky fans have wanted for a very long time, and I do think that uh, this this definitely makes things interesting.
1: Do, do, but do you think that Cal and that relationship with Cal, that being his first, do you think that that kind of wins out though over the Louisville side of that with KP? Like, I mean, I know it's a lot to digest right now, but I mean, we're talking Cal's first guy, like.
0: And and I think that's what will end up favoring Kentucky at the end of the day, and I think that's why he will end up a wildcat, even considering this. But I, I will say that it definitely throws a wrench into things because I, I've heard that you know they're going to add Milt Wagner as a off-court kind of Rod Strickland. Strickland special assistant to the head coach type role like what we saw with Strickland here at Kentucky the last four, th- three four years whatever he was here uh, I think they're going to add him in some capacity to kind of make things interesting um, and obviously that definitely hurts because that's family that's blood that's your grandfather of course you're going to consider Louisville after the fact but I, I will say and I've said this on the show several times that Cal's relationship with DeWan. Is second to none. It's that that was Cal's first kind of baby at, at Memphis, kind of his first uh, guy that he kind of took under his wing. The story is absolutely beautiful of how, uh, you know, Dewan wanted to come back to Memphis. He wanted to – he you know, he said, I don't care that I'm a lottery pick. I want to go come back to Memphis and, and, you know, be a star for you for a second year. And uh, John Calipari ripped up his scholarship paperwork and said, dude, you're a top five pick. You're going to get top five money. You need to go do what's best for your family. And then go figure bare, – just barely into his his NBA career, he – the, you know, learns of Very serious health issues, and it basically Tanks his entire uh, professional Basketball career, and he Essentially, and he said this in that documentary That 30 for 30 documentary, he said, I owe My life to John Calipari And that type of relationship As long standing as it is I know that 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 KP is KP, and he's very tight With World Wide West, and that kind of dynamic In, in New York with the Knicks And like all that is still very valid and I do think that's going to make a dent, but when you say, I owe my life to John Calipari and your son is a top five recruit in college Man. in high school basketball, and you send him to your bitter arch rival, I I just don't know how he'll be able to look at himself at, at the end of the day and, and not choose Kentucky well, when push comes to shove.
1: Yeah, I, I'm with you there. Like that, I just think that that's such a strong thing there. I mean, it's, it's blood. I mean, we're talking, I mean, Cal, what what Cal did and in, in the relationship there, That's that's a strong one. But one final note on KP. We knew when KP left for the Knicks, that was a move to set up this next move. It was just about would it be at Kentucky possibly. Which I heard was a very
0: strong possibility. Would it
1: be at Louisville? Would it be somewhere with an SEC job? I mean, I think these people that have passed on maybe looking at Kenny are going to miss out. Like, Kenny is a guy that's going to get the best out of everyone to place for him. I, I want to see how Kenny does when it comes to making all the calls as a basketball program. And, I mean, you're in charge now. You're in recruiting x's and o's all this stuff those games that cal got ejected and kp comes in and then they win like was that kp was it just the kind of the blueprint and the product of being in the program but i, I think kp is a guy that he's getting his opportunity at the right time because it's one of those things if he didn't get it soon it was kind of the the thing do you ever make the move to be a head coach yeah i mean it's not the youngest guy he's not young no yeah, like it had not. to happen soon and i think that's the thing that that Cal. Like, maybe it was meant for KP to be the guy that replaces Cal. But how long can you wait? Like, is Cal going to do this for seven to eight more years? If he does, then it didn't make sense for KP to hang
0: around. And that's kind of the one rumor that I heard after he left the first time around and they had kind of the going away party in, you know, for KP basically said, you know, thanks for everything, appreciate what you've done. Uh, What I heard was at that meeting, he kind of said, I want you to be next in line whenever I'm done. I want you to be next man up. Obviously, now that complicates things because he's now at Louisville. Would he ever leave Louisville to be the head coach at Kentucky if John Calipari were to leave in the next couple years, or do you think he's going to kind of – build his own brand and kind of his own culture at Louisville and, and kind of embrace that mindset because he is a Louisville guy. He's a Louisville he, guy. He, he's from – you know, he's he, he played there, won a national title there, has a lot of Man. close connections there, a lot of friends there. That's
1: that's it, an interesting dynamic because you're talking about a guy that won, you know, won in won at Louisville, won a national championship as a coach at UK, spent a decade at UK. Like that guy is the Kentucky – He's the good side of the Kentucky-Louisville basketball rivalry. Like, Absolutely. everything, but, uh, I mean, it, it's crazy. Like, I don't know. Will he ever end up at UK? I don't know. I think it would be hard for him to leave home. Louisville's home. Yeah. Always was home. Now, if he got a UK job first, no. Nobody leaving UK, like, for that. No.
0: That will be – a very interesting time. I hope it, I hope we don't see it anytime no, soon. I want, I want John Calipari to be here for the next 105, Listen, 105 years, not let alone the next five. You'll, but
1: You'll never hear me sit in this seat and say that Kentucky needs to replace its head coach. Regardless of what nope. happens in this tournament right here, John Calipari is my guy. He's the guy. That's not changing. When, it's, when he's ready to give it up, that's when it's time. I still think Cal has another title running him. Is it this year? I think it very well could be but I think he's got multiple Final Fours left in the tank. I really do. Like, I think that the the positive momentum, I just feel it shifting. If they can just get to a Final Four, it's been a while. Somebody asked me in a mailbag this week, would it be a failure if Kentucky doesn't make it to a Final Four? I don't want to say anything's a failure. Like an Elite Eight, it depends on no, matchups, yeah. injuries, what goes your way. You've got to have a lot of luck to win this tournament. Mm-hmm. A lot of good fortune has to go your way, but you also got to be a good basketball team. I feel like if they break through and get to a Final Four, though, we've seen what it does in the past. The, the, there is another stretch of really good four or five years in John Calipari where they go to Final Fours, and here's been the thing I've always said. If he has another five- or six-year stretch where he goes to three or four, who's to say he doesn't win three? Like, that's the thing. Like He, he did it the first won, time he, around. Won, he won one of four, but who's to say he doesn't win three or four the next time there's a stretch of that? And there's no guaranteed stretch of that, but that feels like a guy when it's right. They've been there. Elite 8 loss, they had a chance to beat Auburn, had a chance to beat Carolina. They were right there on the door of getting back to there. It's not far off. This just feels like it's been forever because they missed the tournament last year. We didn't get a tournament in 2020. It's been a while. These fans are ready for this.
0: Well, if they want to make a Final Four run, they're going to have to, A, win tonight, but also – Beat one of Murray State and San Francisco, so let's kind of uh, preview that, of sorts, and just kind of look ahead to that matchup, what that could look like. The big news of yesterday was actually that San Francisco star forward uh, Yao Yaoen Mas, Masalaki. Did it, do you think do you think uh, I got that right?
1: I have no idea. Do you think uh, I got that
0: right? He is their star uh, star forward, averaged thirteen point five points. <laughs> As you can see, we are uh, uh, in the presence of, of uh, SEC country and uh, the Tennessee Volunteers. Anyway, uh, this Masalaki fella, 13.5 points, 9.4 rebounds, and 2.2 blocks per game, Sean. That's he was their standout presence down low. He has been declared out with a knee injury. Definitely makes things interesting in that head-to-head matchup. Well,
1: that should be a felony. Some guy on a Tennessee hat coming here and yelling at me. No, uh, but yeah, they I'm, they I'm with you. I, I think that's forever. why. I, <laughs> I think that's why I give Murray State the edge, though. I think Murray State's the better basketball team, their backcourt and everything. But I, I think matchup wise, I'll give Murray State the edge there. But I give Kentucky the edge Saturday in talent if they play Murray State. I just think Kentucky's front court would be too much. I think Kentucky's too much for either one of those teams. I do. Who would you I mean, rather? Who would I rather play though on Saturday if if I were a UK fan? San Francisco. Give me San Francisco all day. <laughs> Because I, I do think Murray State's a good basketball team. But, I, like I said, San Francisco, I think, is still – I don't think they're on St. Mary's, Gonzaga level ground there. Like, I think Kentucky would win that game. Murray State just brings in the whole dynamic of an in-state school. It scares Kentucky fans a little bit because – I think it scares some of them. Some probably go, "Nah, if you can't beat Murray State, you're not good enough to win a national championship. And that's the mindset. If you can't beat yeah. San Francisco, you're not good enough to win a national championship. If you lose this first weekend, you had no business being in the conversation for it. Yeah. This is the team that's going to be in the conversation for it. They'll get out of Indy, get to Philly, starts today with St. Peter's. Who knows what happens in that matchup with Murray State, though. We'll we'll be sitting there watching it.
0: And I will say that I I heard this – Masalaki kid. He was talking to a fan, and he's st- going to
1: come up to us and tell us uh, that's a horrible. Yeah, you, you
0: butchered my name, dude. Please, please t- keep my name out of your mouth. We're going to hear that uh, very quickly. But he was talking to a fan in the stands, and uh, uh, they said, how, "How long you out? How you how you doing?" He was like, "Man, I, I'm I'm out at least a month or two. So he will not be playing against Kentucky if that is the head-to-head matchup um, tomorrow or on Saturday. So that is definitely something that will play in Kentucky's favor if it unfolds that way. Um, Again, I could not have been more impressed with what Murray State did. Kind of had a weird – like the, the first 15, 20 minutes, they didn't do a single – they didn't take a single jump shot the first 20 minutes of the open practice. It was basically full court, transition, get out and transition, push the tempo, push the pace. Uh, that was kind of the, the topic uh, – that's all they cared about um, in that open practice to start with. So. An odd way to go about doing things, Sean, but I think when the the full 40 minutes was a very strong one for Murray State, I think they shot the ball very well. I think the tempo, the defense, I mean, they did a lot of things that were uh, quite impressive. And uh, It's definitely a team that doesn't scare me necessarily, but it's definitely a a threat in my eyes that Murray State could definitely uh, make an impact in, in that game.
1: Yeah, Longwood fans have entered the chat. Well,
0: fan. I mean, it's it's kind of turned into a, a circus here <laughs> in the lobby. I got to be honest. <laughs> yes. I, I as I'm sitting here trying to talk about this open practice and how it went and all that stuff, I'm seeing people. Different fans are coming up. Different media members are saying. Nobody to hi. watch us though. It's just like, good lord, it's it's. My ADHD is kicking in. I'm trying to think of four different things at once. It's like, oh, good lord! But, yeah. but definitely excited for the Murray State uh, San Francisco matchup. I'm I think it's definitely going to be one of the high, one of the premier games of the uh, of day one. I believe.
1: I'm um, yeah, and I'm I, I do too. I'm I'm not I'm not nervous about anything tonight. I'm not dreading anything. The only thing I'm dreading is calling an Uber and going back to my Airbnb because I have no idea <laughs> if I'll have to walk a, a mile to two miles to get there. Like, could not find a, a route to get here, so. I am glad to be here, and for I want to tell you another funny story. So, that's a G and not a C. I've been saying Cambridge Arena or Cambridge Fieldhouse all week. So, I apologize if you've been reading my work. That is actually a G in Cambridge. I thought Cambridge didn't make any sense, but... It should be banker's life. Come on, it,
0: it's banker's life. Fieldhouse. We we will never uh, call it Gamebridge for the life. Of it. It's just the fieldhouse. It's just it's just a fieldhouse. Field you call uh, you you call it the fog out in Lawrence. You call it Ruppet. It, it, this this is just a fieldhouse. We don't need to sponsor it sponsor stuff is irrelevant. I don't but, know
1: about you, but there needs to be some good stuff come out of this building. The last time Kentucky was here, it was Duke in 2018. So I need to erase that stuff.
0: No 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 no. Kentucky was here last season for oh. that god awful champions classic and i vowed um, i would i vowed to never go back to that god awful venue again for that reason they better they better make it worthwhile for this my one because fault. i hated that
1: the game the last time i was here was duke so yeah you're right get get rid of that get rid of kansas do something good here go back to 2015 all that stuff like when they well they actually won here in 2017 too when they beat Wichita State so oh that was that a lot was, of good in this building there's some bad but there's a lot of good but I add some more good to this
0: well that uh that I think wraps up our pregame show but let's get out of here with some takeaway or some some. MVP guesses and some uh, uh, what needs to happen for Kentucky to not let, let's not say a win because that would be embarrassing to just come out of a, of a win to have a statement win a blowout victory give me your game MVP give me your score and give me a what needs to happen for Kentucky to, to take care of business this evening.
1: Kellen Grady Kellen Grady's my MVP I think he gets going I think he connects on four or five threes tonight I'm, I'm putting it in the ball in his court there he's going to make a lot of shots. Kentucky wins this game 87-58. to 58. That's my final score. I think Kentucky has a really good, feel-good, momentum-building win going into the next round. Uh, keys to me, just be dominant. Use your size. Use your advantages. You're in the SEC. You're at Kentucky. Play like it. Act like it. Look like it. And you're going to be fine. I, th- I think Kentucky wins this game big, and Kellen Grady's my MVP.
0: I All right. I'm going to go based on what I saw yesterday. If if I'm wrong, please shut out. Please, to shut up. Please, please come after me. My Twitter's oh, at JackPogram Reach out to me. Tell me that I'm a big idiot. But Sean, I'm calling my shot. Kentucky wins this game ninety to fifty-one Ooh, in absolute bloodletting where Ty Ty Washington is the MVP. He goes for at least twenty-five points in a blowout victory. What needs to happen for Kentucky to execute that Is just play their game Push the pace This team is The St. Peter's team Is uncomfortable in transition They're uncomfortable In in getting out in in space They like to muck things up And get it in the half court Do the exact opposite Play your speed Get out And push the pace Score in transition Find lob attempts at the rim Really try to make make things uncomfortable for them with the space and the speed of the, the pace and the speed of the game and I I think they could get out really early and I think it could be, it could get out of hand quite early. It, this could be one of those games that at halftime it's 40 to to 12 or 40 to 17, 40 to 20, something like that where they lose all confidence, all morale and they basically go all right, well, with this Kentucky team is who we thought they were. That's I, I, what needs to happen.
1: I really hope you're right because if you're not, your Twitter's going to be blown up. But I, I ask you a bigger question. Are you an SEC guy this time of year? Are you pulling for Tennessee today? God, no. I would let you – Did punch. you just hear
0: what happened? Did you I just would, see what happened?
1: I would line up by that barrel in the middle of the street and let you punch me square in the face if it meant <laughs> Tennessee lost right now. I would probably give up a full year of my life to let Tennessee <laughs> lose this game today. Like, that's how much it would make me happy. After Yeah, like –
0: yeah. I would walk back to my Airbnb if Tennessee loses today. day. Actually, if they lose, I will walk to my Airbnb. You probably will regardless because there won't be an Uber to pick <laughs> you up. You, you might have to regardless. You'll be bunking on the uh, – you'll be sleeping on the floor in, in uh, my room. But, no, I, I could not cheer any less Longwood, for – Longwood, go Longwood. Go Longwood, the fighting, whatever the hell they are. I am all the way for the Longwood fighting – let's make it up. Panthers? You think they're a Panther? Call your shot. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm going to go Terriers. Terriers. Longwood Lancers. The Longwood Lancers. So the Longwood Lancers are going to Better take Better than a them. volunteer. Yeah, stupid volunteers. Well, uh, this was a lot of fun. Wait. I gave, yeah, I gave you my. You still got
1: to throw in your prospects.
0: Oh, well, I, I'm still going to do that. We just, we, we, Sent me a
1: fantastic on. package, by the way. I got to say that again. I know I've already said that. Like if you see me in Indy, if you see me in Indy this weekend, and I'm not rocking prospects gear, it's because they're just dirty. I probably wore them all. (laughs) I slept in one. I woke up in one. I put on one for breakfast. Prospects, it is. If they sent me Prospects underwear, I'd be rocking those. They two even right gave now.
0: you a little mini helmet, and it didn't fit around your big head. But yeah, it, but if it did, it might fit around your little finger or a couple fingers, whatever. Yeah, your the, fist.
1: Yeah, and I put my bottle. I had, I had the koozie for the the beer that I had the other night for there a come up here, and it was fantastic. Like
0: Prospects everywhere. Well, this is our first of many shows this weekend Sean I am very much hoping assuming Kentucky wins take care of the business tonight we will host another we're going to host a post game show and then again we will host another pre game show we're going to do the same thing we're going to actually have a real scheduled time and do make things a little bit more efficient than somebody better show up than posting just on Twitter hey guys we're sitting in the lobby come say hi we're going <laughs> to do it things a little bit more official and say this is going to be the official pre game show uh sometime either tomorrow or Saturday before the game depending on what time the game is on Saturday we will either do it uh, Friday afternoon or then or we'll do it Saturday morning depends on uh, how that'll work out but we'll definitely make that happen Sean this was a lot of fun appreciate all of our listeners uh, let's get out of here with one final message from our friends at Prize Picks we are in the home stretch of the NBA season and there isn't a better way to enjoy watching your favorite former Wildcats play than by playing With daily fantasy with our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports and just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or casual basketball fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. You simply select two to five players and predict if they'll go over or under their projection. Prize Picks gives you the chance to win 10 times your money for getting four or five predictions correct. Download the PrizePix app right. or visit prizepix.com using promo code PILGRIM to get an instant 100% bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Don't forget that's the Price Picks app or prizepix.com using promo code PILGRIM to claim your bonus today and take your viewing of your favorite of Kentucky stars to the next level, Sean Smith.
1: I hope you didn't hear me on the back of that, but there's a lot going on <laughs> right now in this lobby, and I just can't take it anymore.
0: <laughs> we said this is a great idea and this might have been an awful idea, but like, I love it to death huh. as our very own Tina Cox walks in the door. You get to listen to this.
1: You're going to get to hear you walk in and you listen to sources say later. We're still recording. Are you still
0: recording? Yeah, We are. Do, what, do you have a message for Big Blue Nation, Tina? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do it. it. Yeah. Give us a, a score prediction. 84. 84? 67. 67 Kentucky, I'm assuming. Of course. (laughs) Love to. Who's your your MVP? Davion Mintz is Tina Cox's MVP for today. So it's going to happen. Absolutely. This is a great show. Well that wraps us up, Sean. Let's get out of here. Where can fans find your work?
1: You can find my work at GoBigBlueCountry.com and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry.
0: Country. Find me on Twitter as well, at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at JPilgrim at Kentucky With we'll be back next time for another Jam Pack Sports State Podcast. We will see you next.